Who do you think will win if we had an arm wrestle between lean manufacturing-based just-in-time inventory and inventory optimization using statistical principles? Whoever wins, the main challenge for those who work with or are impacted by the effectiveness of our supply chains is figuring out how in the world we can match our inventory supply to our customers' demand. How well we do this as an organization will directly impact our success and profitability. My hope is that this series of the 13 Laws of System Optimization will help give us a larger and all-encompassing perspective to help take us to the next level from our traditional lean manufacturing training. Welcome back, my friends. I'm Hayden Barker from Continuous Improvement Journey, where we help you take Continuous Improvement to the next level so you can destroy your organization's status quo, devastate your competitors, and fuel revolutionary innovation. I want to thank all of you who have listened to our podcasts. I'm excited to join with you as we travel along our continuous improvement journey. Now, let's dive into our topic for this week about the fourth law of the 13 laws of system optimization to discuss the law of inventory optimization. Typically, companies control their inventory levels on the two extremes of either binge eating or lean anorexia. For the binge eating camp, they overpurchase per inventory quantity discounts for possible spikes in demand and then scrap out that extra product at the end of the year. Or in even more extreme cases, scrap out the inventory at the end of the year to help boost bonuses. Unfortunately, I know of an organization that followed after the more extreme case of scrapping inventory out at the end of the year to help boost salaried employee bonuses. It is experiences like this that you have to look back and just laugh about. Otherwise, you'll probably cry or it'll cause your blood to boil. Many of us have probably heard the variation of the quote from Albert Einstein when he said something to the effect that the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again but expecting different results. Well, I have a story for you that fits this definition exactly. A few years ago, an organization changed its bonus structures to include working capital as part of calculating bonuses. The reason for this change was to incentivize the different divisions to lower their inventory holding costs in hopes for the entire organization to become more profitable. In basic terms, the more inventory you had on your books at your division would equal lower bonuses. So you can only imagine what this uh, new bonus calculating equation could do to an organization if this incentive was taken to the extreme. What would happen is that come November through December, the hunt for inventory was on. Anything that uh, could be scrapped out was scrapped out of inventory. So, you know, in the name of lean, they were able to reduce their inventory for a healthy cause. In the end, yes, bonus numbers did go up. However, come January and February, at what cost did the supply chain malpractice inflict on the organization system? Well, customer orders would come in and it just so happened that the raw material needed to fulfill this order was scrapped out back in December. And to make matters worse, this raw material had a four-month lead time. If the raw material was not scrapped out in December in the name of inventory reduction, in their regular non-lean system, it would have only been a four-week lead time from the customer's purchase order 
to shipping that product to the customer. I guess in a lean system, it probably would have only been four days to process all that for their lead time. However, in the end, that reorder resulted in a five-month lead time. This pain was so great that the binge-eating inventory life took over again, and inventory was purchased to bulk up on future customer orders. However, as the pain subsided, the dollar signs began to come back into vision again when November and December came around. As you would have guessed, this organization's supply chain perpetual malpractice repeated again and again. I guess if you want another definition of insanity, well, this is a perfect example. As a moral of the story, when incentives from organizations get linked to monetary employee gain or fame, then don't be surprised when the system is gamed and ends up losing. But what if you want to implement lean manufacturing principles and just-in-time inventory? Is not just-in-time inventory as easy as lowering or eliminating inventory by declaring to your employees that you're going to do lean? Supply chain optimization is not a quick fix, as one would think. Similarly, merely implementing lean or just-in-time inventory is not a silver bullet either. What I talk about in this podcast is not a quick fix either. However, I hope that what we talk about in this podcast will help you open your mind and give you a larger perspective to triggering ideas of different things you can do to run your organization more effectively. There are many resources and equations online that can help you on your journey to inventory optimization. One of the best resources I have found is the textbook Factory Physics. Before I get into the opportunities and equations used for the law of inventory optimization, I want to provide a little backstory about the factory physics textbook. There are two main factory physics books out there right now. The first one is the textbook, which can be great for some, but honestly it can be quite overwhelming with the equations and proofs that would be similar to taking an advanced math course. I've been able to work through many of the factory physics equations, but I'm dumb and and it takes me a while to work through the equations to help me understand them so I can implement them into a statistical software. If the math of the textbook is too overwhelming, you can skip those sections and focus on the text's content, which is quite good. It has been a great resource to find the balance between batch processing, similar to being morbidly obese, and lean anorexia. In simple terms, factory physics principles help find the balance and most effective amount of work in process, inventory to have on hand, and obtain optimal process flow through the use of statistics instead of black and white or point and shoot principles found in the Lean and Six Sigma communities. If the textbook is still hard to digest, you can pick up the second book, Factory Physics for Managers. It is not just for managers, it's for anyone from the Lean, Sigma, and Theory Constraints communities. And one of the reasons it is called for managers is that it collapses the very technical content of the textbook down into an ordinary business improvement book that most can easily digest. Kanban is one of the great tools of the Lean manufacturing community and would be great for companies to start transitioning towards. However, as great as Kanban principles are, I feel like the Lean community forgets to provide you the statistical background and consideration of your system's variation in order to set up a robust 
inventory system to obtain the law of inventory optimization. The Lean community does a good job of telling you the what about Kanban, but not so much on the background of the why of Kanban and how to properly set it up. I'm not going to go into too much detail about the following four equations because there are many out there that can teach or provide you with the equations to obtain the law of inventory optimization. I will, however, give you a good overview of the four main equations that you will need to help your inventory system become robust that also takes into account your system's variation. The four equations I will discuss are economic order quantity, reorder point, safety stock, and service level. For the first equation or concept, it is the economic order quantity. At the end of the day, inventory management really comes down to figuring out when to order and how much you should order. In simple terms, the economic order quantity helps us figure out how much we should order. The economic order quantity will help find the most optimal balance of the level of inventory you should keep on hand between having too much inventory or not enough inventory on hand to account for supply chain and customer order variation. For the second equation, it is the reorder point. The reorder point helps answer the question of when we should place an order when inventory drops below a certain point. Really what it does is it triggers a person or your ERP system to order more parts to fulfill the customer orders. If this process occurs at all or is set up correctly, we will have enough inventory on hand to account for the lead time and the lead time variation from when we sent in a purchase order to our supplier and when that inventory arrives. For the third equation, this is where we further use the power of statistics to account for the vendor lead time variation using the concept of safety stock. The safety stock is the amount of inventory safety reserves to have on hand to reduce the likelihood of an inventory stockout. In the world of just-in-time inventory, some deceptively think that merely implementing just-in-time inventory will solve all of their inventory problems. In a way, this could be true. However, as I have said before, if variation in your system is not understood, then your just-in-time inventory mandate will ultimately fail. For some, just-in-time inventory assumes that you don't have any inventory on hand. Again, this is also deceptive thinking because we don't live in a perfect world with no variation. A distribution curve and the power statistics should become your friend in these cases. The safety stock is the amount of inventory reserves to have on hand that take into account supply chain lead time variation. Sometimes your orders are late. I know, I know, inconceivable, right? When your vendors or suppliers are late, you need to have safety stock on hand to tide you over between when the parts should have arrived from your supplier and when they actually arrived. Otherwise, you will stock out of inventory. To help make sure we don't have too many inventory stockouts, that is where the fourth and last equation comes into play. The fourth equation is your service level and is tightly linked to the safety stock amount. The service level is the probability or percentage of the time you will not have an inventory stock out to satisfy any demand. 
or in other words, the service level percent will determine the safety stock amount. One of the reasons why the service level is so crucial to the law of inventory optimization is that your on-time delivery percentage and lead times are a direct outcome of your service level. For example, if you looked at a distribution curve of your vendor lead times, you'll be able to visually realize that if you only use the average of your vendor lead times, then coming inventory from your vendor or supplier will most likely be 50% of the time late. In doing so, you have dictated to your organization that you have a 50% service level. Or in other words, 50% of the time, your inventory will be on time. The other 50% of your time will be late, which will take a huge slash out of your internal on-time delivery percentage. Instead of a 90% on-time delivery, you may now have a 50-70% to on-time delivery for that customer's order. Well, if the service level is so critical, like I have said, then why not have the service level at 100%? Just like some organizations mandate that their on-time delivery percentage be 100%. To translate what a 100% service level would look like, the best example that I can give is your local auto parts store would be required to have every single audible part on hand from a 1917 Ford Model T up to a brand new Bentley Continental. No warehouse in the world could stock that many parts. Well, I guess you could have a warehouse like that, but the inventory costs on that would be billions of dollars. Would you want to have billions of dollars of inventory in your organization? Any sane person would say, you're crazy. We don't need every conceivable part on hand. And I would say, exactly. And that's what the service level does for us. It helps us determine that for some parts that have a high inventory consumption, it might make sense to have a 95% service level. On the other hand, for parts that are hardly used, you could have a 70% service level, knowing that you will only have a small amount of inventory on hand, or you might just factor into your lead time for that. Or a third option is you could just factor into the lead time for that particular part. In that case, you would simply order directly from the vendor to fulfill that demand and would really have no inventory on hand for that low-use item. No other person can decide your service level for your organization. You will need to find the balance between having enough inventory on hand and the acceptable lead times. In other words, if you have more inventory on hand, you will have shorter total lead times for your customers, but your inventory holding costs might be higher. In some cases, this would be a good business decision to make. In other cases, this would not be good, and so longer lead times would be more acceptable or would have to be the norm. Another option is to find the balance between these two different principles to help you reach the law of inventory optimization. Well, if we did have an arm wrestle between lean thinking just-in-time inventory and inventory optimization using statistical principles, I would say using statistical principles would win every time. As you learn the power of statistics to help you understand your system's variation, your organization will be way ahead of everyone else along their continuous improvement journey. Thanks again, my friend, for listening. I'll catch back up with you again in the next episode.